Did you know, according to many evolutions today, dinosaurs are not extinct? Are we saying evolutionists believe dinosaurs are still roaming around this planet? Well, not really. You see, what many evolutionists believe today is that dinosaurs evolved into birds. But what is the basis for this evidence? Do they have any real evidence, or is this just another story or a big mistake like we've seen in the past, such as Piltdown Man, the coelacanth fish that was supposedly growing legs, or maybe the Miller experiment, or something like junk DNA? Well, I want to welcome you to Creation Training and Radio. My name is Mike Riddle, the founder and president of Creation Training Initiative, where we train others how to speak and teach on biblical creation and apologetics. Now, today we're going to be doing one of these big debates on creation evolution. You know, there really should be no debate on this. The Bible makes it very clear that God has given us all the evidence, and there's no excuse for not believing in a creator God. But yet, people still reject a creator God. But as Christians, there should be absolutely no debate on this issue. Well, our big topic today is... Did dinosaurs evolve into birds? Well, it's commonly taught in schools that dinosaurs evolved into birds. There's displays in museums and in our textbooks. All across this country, we find textbooks and books full of feathered dinosaurs. Well, let's take a look at some of these pictures and so-called evidence that are being displayed by the evolutionists. Here's one called Dinosaurs Take Wing. On the front cover of National Geographic was the feathered dinosaur, even in color. Now this next one is one of the most famous ones used in our textbooks called Archaeopteryx. The alleged transition between a dinosaur and bird. Then here's another one with something called dino fuzz all over it, a precursor to growing feathers. We even see posters and displays in museums all across the country. Here's a poster commonly seen in many of our museums. And here are a couple displays we find in museums. That bird has scales on its neck, implying again that dinosaurs evolved into birds. Now there's a major problem with all this evidence, and that is all these pictures and all these displays are made up pictures and displays by artists, not real observational evidence. You see, not one of these creatures has been factually found. This is called deception. Certainly not education and most certainly not science. Now, is this the best evidence evolution have, has to offer? Pictures drawn by artists and no observational evidence to support these claims? Well, let's go back to our textbooks again. They're often used to promote this whole idea of dinosaurs evolving into birds. For example, let's take a quote out of one of our modern biology textbooks, and it states, Ask many paleontologists what a bird is, and they'll reply with a grin, a hot-blooded dinosaur with feathers. Isn't that interesting? Now here's a seventh grade life science textbooks, and I quote, Paleontologists think that Archaeopteryx and today's birds descended from some kind of a reptile, possibly from a dinosaur. So our textbooks are promoting and teaching 
that dinosaurs evolved into birds. Now what we're going to do is something that is not commonly allowed in our public school classrooms today. We're going to do something called critical thinking about evolutionism. We're going to actually analyze the evidence. That is something that is not allowed in most of our public school systems today. And we're going to start by asking three questions. I call these three critical thinking questions. And we're going to pertain these to dinosaurs evolving to birds. Question number one, how do we know that's true? Question number two, has it ever been observed? And the answer is no. And question three, are we making any assumptions about dinosaurs evolving into birds? So now we got three critical thinking questions we can use as a theme throughout this whole session. So next, let's examine six different evidences about dinosaurs evolving to birds. Number one, how did this happen? How did the change from a dinosaur to a bird happen? Number two, what has to change in order for a dinosaur to evolve into a bird? Number three, is there even a mechanism that would allow for this fantastic change to occur? Three, let's take a look at a history of claims, including the best one the evolutionists use today called Archaeopteryx. Number five, when did this change happen? And number six, let's see what the Bible has to say about this. So let's start with evidence number one. How did all this great change happen? Now, there have been actually very few proposals for how dinosaurs or reptiles changed into birds. Most textbooks don't even mention how this happened. They just remain silent. They just want our students to believe that dinosaurs evolved into birds and don't question it. In other words, there goes the whole topic of critical thinking and scientific analysis. Don't question this so-called fact of dinosaurs evolving to birds. Now, let's think of this for a moment. Why would a large, successful creature like a dinosaur even want to evolve into a tiny little bird with feathers? How do you explain that? And secondly, just wanting to change into something else will not allow you to change into something. In other words, if you want to change into a gorilla, you can try all you want. It's not going to happen. One explanation given by evolutionists is that some of these smaller reptiles or dinosaurs went up into the trees, out onto the branches, and then jumped off these branches. And then over millions and millions of years, these reptiles learned to glide and eventually evolved feathers and became birds. Now, three questions about this explanation. Number one, how do we know it is true? No one was there to see this. Number two, has it ever been observed? And the answer is no. And number three, are we making any assumptions here? And yes, we are. You see, this whole idea of dinosaurs changing into birds is speculation. If we were to jump off a branch the rest of our life, let's suppose we were to go up in these trees, jump off these branches, and we did it day in and day out. Do you know something? We won't grow feathers. We can flap our arms all we want. We won't grow feathers. Neither, neither will our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. All we're going to get is a lot of bumps and bruises, but no 
feathers. Therefore, how this happened is not science. It is speculation. Well, let's go to evidence two. What has to change for a dinosaur to become a bird? Now, textbooks often mention that over millions of years, scales on these reptiles or dinosaurs changed into feathers. Now, again, three questions. How do we know that's true? We weren't there. Has that ever been observed? No one ever observed millions of years, and no one's ever observed a scale changing into a feather. And number three, are we making any assumptions? And the answer has to be yes. Now, in the fossil record, we find scales and we find feathers, but no one has found a half scale, half feather anywhere in the fossil record. But you see, much more has to change for a reptile to become a bird. It has to be much more than just scales changing to feathers. Some of these changes include the lungs. You see, the whole internal anatomy has to change, and that isn't talked about in the school systems. So the lungs have to change. The entire circulatory system has to change. The heart has to change. Bones have to change. See, birds have very delicate, hollow bones designed for light weight, where reptiles have very heavy, solid bones. The whole idea of the origin of flight has to be answered. When we talk about blood, the whole blood system has to change. See, if birds evolved from what we call theropod-type dinosaurs, we have a very big problem. Not we as Christians, but the evolutionists have a very big problem. See, dinosaurs were cold-blooded, and birds are warm-blooded. See, worse even to that is the majority of birds today have such a high metabolism that their blood temperatures actually have to be higher than most warm-blooded animals today. Well, how do evolutionists answer this? Well, they simply just assume that dinosaurs were warm-blooded also, even though there's absolutely no evidence to support that. See, reptiles today are cold-blooded, not warm-blooded. So what else has to change? Well, how about perching feet? Birds have perching feet. Reptiles do not. The brain structure has to change from being reptile-like to bird-like. The wishbone has to change. The wishbone in birds has a very strong set of muscles for the downstroke of the wings. And then again, feathers. If birds did evolve from dinosaurs, that means feathers had to evolve from scales. The problem again is feathers are profoundly different from scales. Let me read you a quote from Dr. David Menton. He has his PhD in cellular biology, and he states, the feather vein is made up of hundreds of barbs, each bearing hundreds of barbules interlocked with tiny hinged hooklets. This incredible complex structure bears not the slightest resemblance to the relatively simple reptilian scale. Has any of this change ever really been found, all these soft parts? Because we very rarely find soft parts in the fossil record. How could, how could a creature that's half evolved from half scale, half feather, even survive? How could all the internal structure of it have half changed and that creature still survive? Well, what do the evolutionists do? Well, sometimes they talk about things called proto-feathers 
and dinophas. Again, they really don't talk about the internal anatomy. That is just completely left out of our textbooks. And that is critical for part of this change to take place. Now, protofeathers and dinophas. You see, the problem is this. The claimed protofeathers have turned out to be thinly spun thread or fiber or interlaced structures that have absolutely no resemblance to feathers. The filaments, often claimed to be dinofuzz, are actually connective tissue called collagen, found in the deep dermal layer of the skin. That is the layer underneath our outer layer called the epidermis. So no transition in feathers have been found. No transitions in all the internal anatomy that has to take place has been found. Again, all we're seeing are pictures drawn by artists. No observational science. So let's go to evidence three, the mechanism for change. Evolutionists commonly tout millions of years of mutations and something called natural selection allowed all this change to take place. However, observational evidence does not support this claim. First, mutations have never been observed to create new genetic information. Mutations have produced duplicate information or a loss of information, but never a gain. Let me read you a quote from a professor of genetics who also happens to be an evolutionist. And he states, the typical mutation is very mild. It usually has no effect, but shows up as a small decrease in viability or fertility. Each mutation leads ultimately to one genetic death. Now, here's another quote from another person who has their PhD in genetics. And he states, Amazingly, there are still no known mutations which unambiguously create or add information, not even the ones that are considered beneficial. Now let's take a look at a third quote. This gentleman has his PhD in chemistry and he's professor of biomedical sciences and he states, Thus changing the DNA code has the potential to cause a mutation and is the basis of most common plant breeding techniques used by scientists, including genetic engineering. This type of evolution involves no new additional genetic information being formed. It most commonly involves the loss of pre-existing genetic information that results in changes to the inherent genetic code in the offspring, making it different from the parent. So again, mutations have never been shown or observed to create new genetic information. Now let's look at the second part of this mechanism for change. This is the idea of some type of selection process, often referred to as natural selection. Well, two things to consider about this natural selection. Number one, it does not add anything new. Number two, it can only select from what already exists. Now, when we look at these two mechanisms, mutations and natural selection, neither one of them adds anything new. So all the evolutionists have been able to produce for their observational evidence is this. Birds producing birds. Dogs producing dogs. Bacteria producing bacteria. 
Now, when we talk about natural selection, their mechanism for this accumulation of new features, we can ask ourselves three questions. Number one, what is it that natural selection actually does and how does it work? See, that's really not explained in the textbooks. All we're told is natural selection causes evolution. So I'd like to know what is natural selection and how does it work? A second question about natural selection is this. Selection implies intelligence. Who or what is actually causing or doing this intelligent selection? See, Charles Darwin thought it was the environment. I didn't know dirt and rocks had intelligence. Now, the third question about this natural selection is this. Is there any observational evidence for where this vast amount of information in our DNA came from that does not require me to use faith? See, the only explanation the evolutionists have is that over millions of years of mutations and selection, all this new information acquired in the DNA. Folks, that is faith. We're being asked to believe something that has never been observed in the past, nor has it been observed today. See, the whole idea of millions of years has never been observed. So since mutations do not produce new genetic information and the selection process cannot, can only select what already exists, the only explanation we have for where that vast amount of information came from is somebody had to create it. In other words, it has to be pre-existing information already in there. And we call that a creator God. It is really the only explanation we have. Yes, it is by faith. But remember this, the evolutionists also must have an answer by faith. And I'd like to ask this question to the evolutionist. What does your faith have to offer you? You see, our faith in a creator God, Jesus Christ, has a lot to offer. It does offer hope. And it does have the answers for where that vast amount of information came from. Now, let's go to evidence number four, a history of mistakes. Let's start with a creature called Archaeoraptor, a supposed major find, dinosaurs evolving to birds. It was reported in National Geographic in November 1999, including a nice picture of it. Now, let's read the claim from National Geographic, and they state, it's a missing link between terrestrial dinosaurs and birds that could actually fly. Preliminary study of the arms suggests that it was a better flyer than Archaeopteryx, the earliest known bird. Well, here's the problem with that statement. First, the National Geographic Society decided to publish the finding prior to the fossil being peer-reviewed. You see, Archaeoraptor ended up being a fake in which someone glued dinosaur and bird fossils together. The whole thing was a fake. And there's National Geographic promoting this as real science. Let's look at another claim here. A creature called Sinoceropteryx. Say that one fast, Sinoceropteryx. That was a small dinosaur fossil found in 1996, and it made the headlines because it was reported to have a coat of filament feathers or dino fuzz on it. Thus, Sinoceropteryx was hailed as a transitional fossil between birds and 
dinosaurs. The problem, after a thorough analysis from bird experts, including evolutionists, it was determined that this so-called dinofuzz was not evidence of feathers or even the beginnings of feathers. Instead, the dinosaur was found to have the remains of a collagenous fiber mesh work or a biological way of reinforcing the skin. No feathers, no dinofuzz. Again, another great claim that was another big mistake. Let's look at another, Cardipteryx. First discovered in 1997 and featured, again, in the front cover of National Geographic. You can see the picture right there. Featured in July 1998 in National Geographic. Was well, thought to be a dinosaur with feathers but has now been declared to be nothing more than a flightless bird. Let's look at another great claim called Microraptor, first discovered in 2001, was claimed to be a pigeon-sized dinosaur from about 120 million years ago. It had two pairs of wings, claws on its wings, teeth, and a tail, claimed to be another missing link. But the feathers found on it are very modern like the ones found on birds today. So Microraptor is not a good example of a bird evolution or bird evolving from a dinosaur. You see, the feathers are complete feathers. There have been no transitions of half-scale, half-feather found anywhere in the fossil record. We find scales and we find feathers, but nothing in between. Now let's look at the most popular dino bird used in the textbooks the creature called Archaeopteryx. Let me read a quote from our textbooks. The first fossil ever found of an early bird-like animal is called Archaeopteryx. Although the fine points of bird evolution are hotly debated, one thing is certain, birds evolved from ancient reptiles. Well, they claim this creature is a transitional creature from reptile to bird. Why? So, well, some of the reasons it had claws on its wings and it had teeth. Well, let's examine the evidence. And let's examine the evidence that has been basically kept out of our textbooks. Number one, Archaeopteryx had perching feet. Dinosaurs and reptiles do not have perching feet. So it had perching feet identical to birds. The impression of the feathers that we have found in Archaeopteryx are identical to those of modern birds. So once again, no transition between scales and feathers. The cranium on Archaeopteryx is bird-like and not reptile-like. The teeth that were found in Archaeopteryx are typical of other toothed birds that have been found in the fossil record and not like reptiles. It had claws on its wings, but you know we have birds today that have claws on its wings. The young Hoetzen and the ostrich have hooks on their wings like claws. Third, or next, a bird, according to evolution, that is 75 million years older than Archaeopteryx has been discovered. So why would Archaeopteryx still be evolving to a bird if birds already existed for 75 million years? There's a major problem for evolutionists. Next. The inner ear of Archaeopteryx was completely bird-like, and the lungs of Archaeopteryx are much like birds and not reptiles. So what was Archaeopteryx? It is a bird. See, only birds have feathers. Yes, it was a very unique bird, 
but we have very unique birds today, such as the owl or the woodpecker. So Archaeopteryx, once again, is not evidence of dinosaurs evolving to birds. That is mere speculation in order to support a worldview. See, in an attempt to support the evolutionist worldview, they have introduced many mistakes and corrupted our education system with false information. This is not an example of good science. It is a case of where opinions and beliefs rule over science. We need to get back to teaching science in our textbooks. We need to get back to real science. We need to get back to allowing our students to do critical thinking and analyze the evidence, ask questions about it, rather than just say, here's the evidence we want you to believe. You're not allowed to question it. That is exactly what's happening in many of our public schools today. Now let's go to evidence five. When did this transition happen from dinosaur to bird? Well, let's look at first of all this. If dinosaurs evolved into birds, then why are there fossils being found that are 75 million years older than dinosaurs that were already birds? We just talked about that. 75 million years of birds already existing before dinosaurs even evolved into them, according to the evolutionist. Second, did you know dinosaur fossils have been found with the remains of birds in their stomach? Yes, on several occasions they have found birds in the stomachs of dinosaurs in the fossil record, meaning they had to live at the same time. And finally, birds and dinosaurs are found in the same layer of strata, again meaning they lived at the same time. Now let me read a quote from Science Daily. Now this is not necessarily a Christian journal here, from Science Daily, and they state, for one thing, birds are found earlier in the fossil record than the dinosaurs they are supposed to have descended from. That's a pretty serious problem, and there are other inconsistencies with the bird from dinosaur theories. You see, evolutionists are looking so hard to find evidence to support their worldview that they will resort to speculation, artistic drawings, and indoctrination. Whatever happened, to real, observable science and critical thinking. Well, let's go to the last evidence. What does the Bible teach us? And we'll start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 21. And we read this. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded, according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. That was day five of creation. God created the flying creatures, the birds, on day five. Now we turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 25, when we read, And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. That was day six of creation, the day he created the land animals, which included the dinosaurs. See, the Bible does teach exactly what we find in the fossil record. Birds and dinosaurs lived at the same time. Now, we've looked at six different evidences to help determine if dinosaurs evolved into birds, as claimed by the evolutionists and taught in our public education system. Number one, how did this happen, the change from reptile to bird? There's no observational evidence for that. 
What has to change for a dinosaur to become a bird? It's not just scales into feathers, the entire internal anatomy, and there's no observational evidence for that. Is there a mechanism for dinosaurs to change into birds? And we have seen that mutations do not add new information, and natural selection does not either. Four, we looked at a history of false claims. Five, when did all this change happen? Well, there really was no change because we found out that they lived at the same time. We have found again dinosaurs with birds in their stomach. And finally, number six, the Bible, which is the correct answer. Everything was created after its kind. See, the Bible is not a science textbook. However, it is foundational for understanding true science. See, we can always trust the Bible, and we'll conclude with this scripture right out of Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worship you. Thank you, and God bless you. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's word as it states in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Thank you.